Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we dug into the crates for a classic episode. We hope you enjoy it. It's a house of cards, credit cards, that is. Credit makes the world go round. It's the American way. And this episode of Two Black Guys with Good Credit is dedicated to credit. Credit cards, credit scores, credit card rates. If it has the word credit in front of it, we are getting into it. So lock in and hang with us. Sean, everybody's got a wallet full of credit cards. So why are we talking about credit? Arlington. I teach a financial literacy program, and it's shocking to know how little people know about about credit, about their credit score, about credit reports, about how to leverage credit, about what makes your credit go bad, and how much it can affect you and your family and generations to come. So it's important that we need to get it out there and let people know all they need to know about credit. All right, there you have it. FICO, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, it's coming. Matt, take us away. Thanks, Arlington. This sponsorship break is brought to you by Clean. Clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com. The pros, the cons, the history. We are going to get into credit on this show deeper than the IRS. <laughs> Dion, the lady with the facts, can you please give us a little history on how this credit thing began? Sure, Arlington. Uh, the concept of credit actually dates as far back as the 1800s. It was a means of exchanging goods and services. For example, if the farmers didn't have enough money up front to buy their seeds, the merchant would give them the seeds with the hopes that they would pay them back after the harvest. This form of credit was very localized and very personal. So the local shop owner, he knew your family. He knew your character. There was no such thing as credit report or credit history. Basically, the deal was sealed with a good look in the eye and a firm handshake. So fast forward, we now have the big three credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. Now, with the tons and tons of consumer data they were, the agencies were collecting, they realized they needed a simpler way of identifying whether or not a person would pay back a debt. So then came along Bill Flair, you may have heard that name, Earl Isaac. They were the founders of the Fair Isaac Corporation, 
who developed the, fir- the first and sold the first scoring system in 1958 called FICO. So we've been talking about the FICO score. Sean, it's a cocktail. No one really knows what goes into a FICO score. Yeah, that's true. And that's, it's, really, it's, really, it's really an astonishing thing that, you know, uh, I teach financial literacy myself, and it's amazing to know people, the young adults and at older adults that really don't know what makes up a FICO score, and it's so critical in all of our lives, and you don't know the active ingredients to it. It's, a, it's amazing. But so nobody let, knows. Um, I know, but I'll let the rest of the world know. What goes into it is your payment history, meaning that how frequently and how regularly you pay your payments, and if you pay them on time. Right. It records your current levels of debt, how much money you owe to various lenders, inclusive of mortgage, car loans, credit card, judgment, and it to- it's a type of credit, but kind of the terms of your credit, how risky the credit is from not how risky it is. It shows the length of your credit history. Right. People say that, you know, after seven years, you can clean up your credit, which is true, but it, can, it still goes back more than seven years to show your credit history. And then it shows your new credit. Are you out there looking for new credit? How active you are looking for new credit? How, you know, and, and that, those are the key principles of your uh, FICO score. What is the score that people should be striving for? 850. That should always be your goal. 850? Yeah, that should always be your goal. You asked me a question. Dion, how many people are even close to 850? Actually, 0.5% of consumers are who are hitting it. But the average person is at 692. That's correct. In the 800 range, you know, about 19%. You think everyone needs credit? Because I know I've met a lot of people that are like, you know what? I live a cash and carry lifestyle. From my perspective, to succeed in America, I would say yes. Maybe when you get into your senior years in life and you already have paid your house off and you're just looking to, to coast through the rest of your golden years. And I would say that the need for it becomes less. But in your young life and you're trying to achieve success, America's built on credit. Credit is great if you manage it right. You know, to me, the bank is a great partner if you know how to play him right. He doesn't call you up every minute, doesn't harass you, doesn't say, you know, all you have to do is pay him when he asks you to pay him. Well, the truth is, I feel like, how are you going to buy a house unless you're going to show up with 150000 or 500000 in cash? Shockingly, though, believe it or not, actually, um, more and more there are more and more people trying to live a debt-free lifestyle, just putting it out there, which I thought was quite interesting. Right. Aren't more people nowadays paying their like credit cards in full versus carrying balances? I am happy to say that 50%, 57% of um, respondents surveyed um, by the Federal Reserve's report on the economic well-being, uh, 57% are paying their credit cards in full every month. That's the win-win. That's the great. That's the win-win when you do that. You get to borrow this money basic for free. You get to get all the perks and benefits of borrowing the money, and that comes with it. And you know, and you're able to have access to this to this money at any given period of time when you need it. That's the win-win. Is what's the difference between a credit score, the FICO score, and your credit report? Well, credit re- score is a really a numerical summation of your credit report. So your credit report shows specifically all the detail. It gathers information from bank, credit card lenders, mortgage lenders, collection agencies, and even from what people don't understand, even the courts, judgments against you, lawsuits, unpaid tickets, all get put into this report, or report card, as you may call it. And then Did you what say unpaid did, tickets? Unpaid barking tickets, yes. People don't understand that. 
Anything, anything that's reported to the court, judgments against you, people will get, you know, sued by their crazy neighbor or friend for something minimal, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to bother with that. I'm not paying that. And then they'll go, the person will follow up, get a judgment against you, and that goes on your credit report. So you need to take care of those things. And, uh, you right. know, and then once that, all that information is gra- gathered in this quote-unquote report card, what they did with the Fair Isaac credit score, they put it into a numeric number because the lenders may not necessarily go through all the specific and details, but the, it's a good way to, to say, you know what, I don't even want to look at reports below 600. Right. I don't care what the reports, report card says. I don't want to look before. I only want to check people out above 750. So right. it'll, 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 it's a good way to get rid of the ones that they don't even want to look at. And then they can go into the report and look at more specifics as to why they're at 700 or why they're at 750 or right. why, you know. So that's, that's a theory. So it's, it's a reflection of your report. But it's key to get your report from all three bureaus and compare because you're going to go through in a lifetime where one... Wait a second. You said something that's really important there, and I want to clear it up. How do I get my report? How do I well, get it to see where I am? As Americans, we're allowed to get one credit report a year free. And then there's all kinds of... One of the, one of the things, the benefits of credit cards, I know with my credit card, um, with two of my credit cards, I'm entitled to... Uh, I can get my FICO score at any time. It's a benefit. And right. I can pull my credit reports. But if you go, if you Google free credit report, the government, uh, it's mandated, it was mandated a few years ago that you're allowed access to your credit report once a year. And if okay. not, you can go directly to TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, and they'll provide you with one for a small fee. But most credit cards, you know, nowadays you can navigate in, um, and probably get those reports for free if you're okay. smart enough. But if worst case, you can go directly to those websites and, and get the report for get the, the report. But right. you need to check it. I would say on average once a quarter because there's it's happened to me and it'll happen to you. There'll be they made mistakes, messages. right? They make mistakes exactly. Right. It's a yeah, feed. It's that. a feed, and it can make. And what can happen is, um, and you don't want to find out when you get in front of a lender, and then you one your report is saying something that you totally disagree with. Then right. you then you have because it's a process to get it corrected. You know you what's funny? To, I'm bad at that. Like whenever my car comes up, my lease renewal comes up, I pull my report like a month out, and then I look at it, make sure there's no problems, and then I'll go in to meet. So maybe I need to exactly. do it once a quarter, like you and, said, get it get And, and the lenders early. don't want to hear that. Like, they don't want to hear when you get off, oh, you're now checking, you see that there's a problem, because right. that's not their problem, that's your problem. You know what happened to me one time? I went to, again, leasing my car, and um, I found that my mortgage company had made an erroneous... Um, late late penalty on my mortgage. So I had to call the mortgage agency, notify them about the error. They had to write me a letter so that when I went into the leasing company, I had my credit report and the letter in hand because it takes like 30 days for an error to be fixed. It'll take 30 to 90 days to fix an error because they're going to have to do the research on their side And then once they do that research, then they have to submit it to the three bureaus and the three bureaus only update every 30 days. Correct. Exactly. So I had to go in with literally with a letter saying, here's a letter from the mortgage company saying they made a mistake. And this number is truly not my credit score number. Exactly. So in the world and what you're saying in summation is that don't be in Arlington. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa. I just gave a good story. 
it's a good story, but we don't want to be in that position. We want to <laughs> check it every three, four months, even if we're not seeking credit, and make sure our credit score is aligned and everything reported on there is correct. All right. Unless we do that, we're ahead of the game, correct? All right. Don't be in Arlington, but let's go to a sponsorship break and be a Matt. Matt, what do you got? Well, thanks, Arlington. And if you want to be a Matt, then you'll shop at Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery located in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com. Thanks, Matt. So, Sean, we know there's a lot of things that can positively and negatively affect your credit score. For example, people that think by making a minimum payment, they're doing something that's positive, they're actually doing something that's pretty negative, right? Um, let's call that the wishy-washy area. The positive thing is that they're paying their bill, and hopefully they're paying it on time. That's the positive thing. But the negative right, thing, you. by paying the minimum to the lender, it looks like you really are just scraping by. You can't afford to, to make much of a payment. And from perspective lenders and on your FICO score, it's going to give a negative impact on your score. So you want to make a good habit of paying over the minimum because it's perception-wise. If, you know, if you can only pay a little bit at a time, the minimum requirement, it's saying that, that you know, to the world out there, it's saying you can't afford any more credit or you can't afford anything. And it, and it does affect your credit score. Yes, it does. But, Dion, how many people make the minimum payment? What's the fact on that? The minimum payment? Yeah. 53% of the population. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary, the numbers. And believe it or not, there's a misconception about late payments. I've heard people go as far as saying, well, you know, Sean, I didn't pay my bill this month, but I doubled up the next month, so all is well. Right. The old, the old West Indian double up. Sean is like, What's, what, what do you mean the West Indian double up? I'd be like, you know, I'm going to make two payments instead of one. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's unbelievable that people have that mindset. But, okay, yes, maybe your credit card company's not going to cancel your credit card or your loan won't go into... Um, won't, go in, won't get into trouble, but it does affect you negatively. If you look at a credit report, if you're 30 days late or 60 days late or 90 days late, that, record, that's get, that gets recorded as a missed payment. And because you doubled up the next month, it doesn't cancel out the missed payment. If right. you have to make a minimum payment, then you have to make a minimum payment. Do I advise it? No. But you need to make a payment every right. month on the, bill, on the due date, before right. the due date. Right. But that minimum payment's also a catch-22 because if you're just making the minimum payments, yes, you're paying on time, but then you end up paying the credit card company three times what the actual expenditure was, right? Three times. Sometimes it can be more than that, depending on what the interest rate is. Interest rates go from anywhere from 0%. I've seen them as high as 30%. It's, 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 it's legal loan sharking is what it is in many ways. That's a good one. Look, people. You need to look at life and look at things that you do, as, as, as I do, not to brag, but as somewhat of a game or somewhat as a hustle. And it's you versus them. And how you win is that when you apply for a credit card, let's just use credit card as an example, you have a 30-day grace period. So that means I can borrow this money for 30 days without paying back, not, without paying back no interest, a free loan. That's easier to, right. that's much better to do than go and ask your neighbor <laughs> next door to borrow $20 and, and him harassing you every minute. And all you have to do is right. pay it back on time. And when you pay it back on time, guess what? You get rewarded in so many ways. You get points. You increase your credit score. You get rewards. You can do so many things with that. But if you don't pay it on time, then what happens is you're charged a bunch of interest 
you, you could be charged penalties and so forth, and you wind up losing. Well, see, that's the thing I always look at it as. I always look at it as when you use a credit card, you should have a repayment strategy from the very beginning. If you know you're going to spend $800 on your credit card, you should already know what your plan is to pay that card back. Because like I was telling you, this one person said to me, they look at credit cards as free money. And I was like, that's ridiculous. A credit card isn't free money. It's like you're saying, it's just a look at it as a loan, a temporary loan. Uh, you know what I have right now? You know what I have? Uh, I get the chills every time I think of this word. And it's a word that I, 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 it's a plague. It's a word. It's called compound interest. If people really don't understand the, the really what yeah, that you gotta word break means. That down. And, if, and if you understand compound interest, you should be like me, even though getting the chills, even though I'm in the hot Caribbean sun right now, you should be getting the chills from hearing that word. Compound What's what break down that, compounded interest? In simple terms, it's interest charged on top of interest. So if I, have, if I purchase something for $100 and right. I make a minimum payment of my minimum payment, say it's, it's $20 or $10 on that $100, and right. my interest rate is 20%. So I'm going to be, my, my new bill is going to be $120. I make a $10 payment. That, bills my, that brings my, my balance down to 110, up to 110 because I only made the minimum payment, correct? Right, right. So then... Now, when they charge the interest for the next month, it compounds it on top of that new balance, which would be the 110, not the 100. So you're charged 10% interest on the one, 20% interest on the 110, which would right. then bring you to $22 interest for that next given month rather than the 20. So it's charged you interest on top of interest. So you're being charged money on money that you didn't even borrow. That's funny. I think they should be, people need to be more concerned about what they're actually purchasing. People are always like, yeah, they're first in line to buy something, and then they're standing there shocked when they have to make the payment, and they're not sure how they're going to do it. Yeah, and, and really, it goes down to simple things. Like, we can read all this financial stuff. We can discuss credit till we turn blue in the face. But it comes down to core principles, like stock living. How are we gonna, how are you decide to choose and live your life? Understanding your wants versus your needs. Understanding, do I want this or do I right. need this? Do I want the boat or do I need the boat? Do I want the Rolex or do I need the Rolex? Excuse me? Yes. Well, oh, I'm I sorry. Like you, the needed the Rolex? Rolex? <laughs> you needed the Rolex? You needed the Rolex. But if you understand your want versus, and then begin to reward yourself with things that you like, like, okay, Arlington made a point. Yes, I bought a Rolex about a few months ago, and but right. the build-up to that Rolex was looking through catalogs, figuring out when I'm going to, when is the best time to buy it and when do I feel I can reward myself with it. I didn't right. just buy it. I didn't just make an emotional purchase. It took me about a year and a half before I finally pulled the trigger and I researched and I figured out the best place to buy it, the be, where I can get the best deal, and then I figured right. out when I'm going to have a deal that's lucrative enough where I can afford to do this. Right. Correct? And I'm going to leave it on this. Okay? Could I have gone into my account and bought the watch? Yes, I probably could have. But you know what I did to get that watch, Arlington and Dion? What? I Airbnb'd my house for 60 days, stayed in, slept in my, what I call my man cave, which is the equivalent of my basement, to make sure, to make sure that I didn't pay for the watch. My Airbnb tenants paid for the watch. That's what right. got me the watch. So, I mean, I understood it was something that I wanted. It was not a need. So I had to make a sacrifice and able for myself to... to convince myself I can do it, and to make sure that when that bill comes in for that watch, I was able to pay it off in the next cycle. 
So that's what you pay. So that's, that takes us right into this a key point. Not everyone needs to build a man cave to buy a Rolex, but <laughs> if you have a balance, pay your balances in full and it will positively affect your credit score. But what about and now, conti- one and of the continue, things I will- To continue, now that I, like I mentioned to you, that I'm here in Barbados looking out at the water while we're doing this podcast, that I earned about 10,000 miles for that purchase of that watch. And guess where those miles went to? Where? To buy this air ticket to come here to Barbados. So you see, by paying in full and paying right. in cash, I was able not only to get the watch, I was also right. able to give myself a trip to the Caribbean. And that's right. the thing I'm talking about, the advantage of understanding credit, making it used to your advantage, and working it in a way that you can benefit from it. So paying well, minimum payments, second. not paying in full, are not things that are going to help you. Well, let me bring this back a minute. Because one of the things I wanted to talk about is you know, a lot of people, Dion, what's the average amount of credit cards people have? They're carrying over, you know, over two credit cards on average. Okay. 2.24 so most, to be exact, according to okay. creditcards.com. If 2.24 is the average, you know there's people out there with five, six, seven cards. So there is a point where having too many cards can be detrimental, but also t- closing cards can be detrimental as well. So how do you kind of juggle the, the the card scenario where you don't have you have enough and you don't have too many so that you're not, you know, affecting yourself negatively? You're absolutely right, Arlington. Um, having too many cards can be detrimental in the fact I, the way I see it. OK, how it works is your debt to asset ratio. So I, in the past, I made this mistake where I wouldn't use a card anymore and I closed a number of them out. And it actually lowered my credit score because of the simple fact that it's, I didn't have as much available, uh, available credit. It's kind of a catch-22. I mean, if you close... Why, I made that mistake early on in my, in, in my life where I, I paid off certain credit cards, they were at zero, and I decided to close them out thinking that it would help my credit score. And then all of a sudden, the right. next month, my score jumped down big time. And I, was, and I called the credit bureaus, and I was like, why is my score jumping down so much like this? And they explained to me that... I don't have as much credit available anymore. So, right. and then if I have balances on my, so put it this way: if I have ten dollars, if I have ten dollars in credit debt, right, and I have three credit cards that have available balance in total of a hundred dollars, thirty dollars limits, thirty-three dollars limits on each card, right? Right. That shows that I have, I've only used up ten percent of my available credit. So, to the right. lender. To everybody else, to FICO, that's great. You're you you only you have you have access to a hundred dollars, but you're only using ten dollars of it. You right. look like you're a guy that can afford more credit. So now and the guy that can manage his credit as well. Right. So now if I close out two credit cards and I only leave that one credit card left now, I only have it looks like I have a ten dollar ten dollar balance and only thirty three dollars credit available available. Right. So that brings me down from ninety percent available credit down to like thirty percent available credit, whatever that number works out to be. Exactly, so, exactly. So that then lowers your score. So right. do I believe that you should keep credit cards open? To a certain extent, you have to ask yourself, there's some credit cards that charge an annual fee. So right. if, you're, if you have cards that charge an annual fee and you're just keeping them over, open to keep your credit score up, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Is it worth it or is it not? I, in right. certain cases, I don't think I would do it. I'd rather just close the card and then maybe find other credit cards with zero annual fees to build up my available credit. You know, it's funny. Right. On my commute here too to Barbados, I was in the um, American Express Lounge, and they no longer offer 
sorry, I was in the American Airlines lounge. They no longer offer American Express card members membership, but they do for their new card. So I, okay. in the lounge, I applied for the new you card. You know, you are one seriously bougie black guy. <laughs> <laughs> you just yes. found out? I applied for the card in the lounge so I could make sure I have access to the lounge between the, when I'm flying, traveling. And, right. you know, the, there's, a, there's an annual fee on that card, which was like $450. So I had to ask myself, you know, is, is it, it worth it? worth it? it? But right. what, the, what triggered me to get the card is that they're giving away 50,000 miles, which is the equivalent of like almost two domestic airline, round-trip airline tickets. So I said, okay, well, it's worth it. I'm going to get 50,000 miles, and then I'm going to get access back into the lounge for $450 a year. So, so did you classify that as a want or a need? Uh, that's a high need. That's a high one. I don't want to sit by the. I don't want to sit by with the regular. Yeah, I like being in the lounge. So He's very food. delicate. Now, there's another thing, Dion. The uh, this idea of frequency of seeking credit. If you're out there, like Sean, Sean just grabbed the card because he was in a lounge. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be in there. You know, we've all been through the shopping mall where they're like, "Hey." I'll give you a T-shirt if you apply for apply for this credit card. Hey, why don't you apply right. for this credit card in in Nordstroms and get twenty percent off? That constant of application for credit has an impact. I know we have a stat on that, Dion. We sure do. Statistically, people with six inquiries or more on their credit reports can be up to eight times more likely to declare bankruptcy. So Whoa. it really it really is a red flag for for lenders. Whoa. The big B. Yeah, so just be mindful. Right. So B Sean. for bankruptcy or B for broke? <laughs> <laughs> One leads to the other. Broke, busted. <laughs> One leads to the other. So, Sean, that's something else that people really need to think of is how, how they're selecting the cards that they want to choose from because just out there randomly – that can have a negative impact. But if you choose wisely, like your example, it can be positive. Okay, well, Arlington, you've been out of the dating world for a while. Let me ask you this. If you're in the dating world and you're, dating, and you're looking for a mate and you're looking for online and then you finally meet the one and she was like, I was on dating.com, match.com, solicit.com, that.com, and I finally met you, would that be a turn on or turn off to you? Do I have to really answer this question? <laughs> That's my point. To lenders, it's the same thing. If you're looking by multiple websites, multiple bankers, multiple lenders for credit, and you're looking, jumping all around from place to place, it looks like a sign of desperation. So you would say your, your online date person would be desperate. And lenders don't like to see She couldn't have just fell in love with my like bio? <laughs> no? <laughs> desperate person may not pay back the money that they're seeking or the credit that they're seeking. But I will say, just to add a note to that, according to the stats that I found, if they see that you're doing that in a, say, 30-day period of time, you're going to different banks, et cetera, to um, see where you can get the better rate, they can see you're researching. The better interest rate. A better interest rate. My apologies. Yes. So you're you're getting the best deals, the best interest rate um, for your mortgage. They can see that as a pattern if it's, say... Through a, 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 a you know a more limited period of time, unlike right. someone who is you know ad hoc requesting credit you know over a year span or you know. Well, I think there's on one important basis. thing we have to let everybody know: if you're doing the positive things that we're discussing here, paying your balances in full, going above the minimum payment when you make a payment, you're choosing cards wisely. That's great. There you go. Well, on that note, we've given you the positives. 
and the negatives of good credit. It's a game like Sean said, so play it well. Get your hustle on. And Matt, let us know what you have for us. NickNightDirect.com is a fast, easy way to shop online. To buy an item from any U.S. website, just go to NickNightDirect.com. That's N-I-C-N-A-T-Direct.com. Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your item straight to your door. I'm Sean of NickNightDirect.com and you have my word. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Two Black Guys with Good Credit is a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. The cost of bad credit and the benefits of good credit. Dion, when we're talking about credit, what is the size of credit card debt held in America? It is hovering right now at $712 billion, according to nerdwallet.com. The big B. Yeah. Not bankruptcy, billions. (laughs) Sean, Sean, I know you dream about billions all day. I know that. All day, every day. How are some ways you've leveraged good credit in your experience? Because I know you have that 850. Well, you know, at the end of the day, good credit gets you involved, gets you, makes you part of a club, an exclusive club. And people may sit maybe wondering, oh, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. But, but, it, but it's true. You become part of an exclusive club. And when you, I, I, am not, I don't claim to be the rich, but I'll tell you something about the wealthy. The wealthy choose manage your money tighter than anybody else, than any other segment. I can, I, trust me on that one. And, and, right. they, and, they, and they're really not trying to pay for anything. So if you can get into this club, you'll see how far your dollar can stretch. Like I talked about earlier, airport lounges. Okay, yes, I'm sitting amongst in a lounge waiting for my flight, but what are the benefits of being in this lounge? Guess what? I get free drinks. I get free food. If you're traveling with a family, that's a lot of money you're saving because airport food, as we all know, is very high. So I go in there right. and I make sure I stuff myself and my kids too before we get on the flight. <laughs> before, <laughs> why Darn, do I just have eat this those chips, Eat those why sandwiches. You know, Sean, why do I have this vision of you at the like buffet in the lounge putting extra sandwiches in your carry-on bag? Oh, you got it. In your not, computer you gotta watch, case. You got to watch Dion when she hits a lounge. When she hits a lounge. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> People behind her are looking like, "Can you please leave the cheese bar, please?" Like. <laughs> 
But so you get these free perks. So yeah, so you get I mean, these free that's perks, one thing. And, I, and, and those things are like, you know, I always say, and when I teach financial literacy, you know, your money is your money and you try to keep it in your pockets. But how have you left? I know you and I talked about this all the time. Like we've both leveraged our credit to get better interest rates Exactly. Even when we're leasing cars, right. you know, I've learned from, you know, from the best working on Wall Street taught me so much. Like, for example, like you just talk about there are things called teaser rates, which are zero interest rate credit card offers that you get when you have great credit. And these right. are, you know, you could go to the bank and fill out a see how long it takes to get approved to go to the bank and get approved for a five thousand dollar loan. See how much paperwork you have to fill out. See how much approval you have to get. Whilst if you keep right. good credit. You can get, you'll get in the mail, and people should always check their credit card offer mails. You'll get a, a teaser rate for 18 months, 12 months, zero interest. So, right. what is it, so what does that mean? I can get a loan for a zero interest. I can borrow whatever the amount is, $20,000, $10,000, $5,000, and do as I please with it as long as I pay them back within the given, given 12 months. In those cases, you can make a minimum or just above a minimum payment because you're, you're getting zero interest, but you have to make the payment and you make it on time. And what I suggest you do, instead of waiting till the, when it, the teaser rate is about to expire, which I've told Arlington right. and Dion yourself, that amortize it amongst, um, amongst the months that you, have payment, that, it's, that you have payments. So, for example, if it's a 12-month teaser rate, whatever you put on the card, divide it by 12. And every month, just make that payment. So by the time right. the teaser rate is up, you have paid it back in full, and you win. And if you want to be strategic about it, use that to do something good with, to propel your life. Use something. Use it as an investment vehicle. Use it as a way to improve your house or your, your well-being. Don't just buy frivolous things with the teaser rate. Use it to, that's going to take you to the next level. And these are gifts that we get by having good credit. Okay. I'm going to go to the email because I had an email question come in from James oh. in Houston. And he wanted to know, he says he has a credit score of 750. Can he use that credit score to ask for a better interest rate on his car lease? Well, if he's already sunk into his lease, he's already committed, there's nothing. No, he's getting a new car. Oh, he's getting a new car. Oh, yes, definitely. You got to leverage that. I mean, dealerships, they, they, they learn to love me, but initially they don't like me because I am very boastful with my credit score when I go to lease a car, and rightfully so. And I go to multiple dealerships and I, and I put, pin them up against one another because they want your business because they know you're going to pay it back on time because your credit right. score re- resembles that. So, yes, right. you use it to your advantage. When I leased my last truck, my last car, um, I knew the number that I wanted to pay and I was hard set on paying that number. And I reached right. that goal. I, want, I, reached, I actually reached it by a dollar less. And it was really right. just going on the fact that my credit is good. I've leased three other cars in the past, never missed a payment, always on time. Here's what I want to pay. <laughs> James, just to add to, when, after that you agree on the, the given lease payment amount and they call you back in and tell you the car, they're going to bring you into a little room. They're going to tell you, oh, because of certain things, something came up in your credit or because of this, we're going to add in an extra $10 or $5. And you'll just be so anxious, you'll just sign it. You'll be like, oh, no, it's okay, it's okay, you'll sign it. That's 10 times 12 is $120 times 3 is $360. You don't have to sign it. Stay strong again and say, this is what we agreed on over the phone, whoever you agreed, and this is what I'm paying. I don't care if this, they had to, you had to go to another bank or whatever the case may be. Stick to what you agreed upon and don't let them inflate it by a little $10, $12, which they all try to do. It's a pitch. <laughs> right. Well, the, off, the offside of this, too. Sorry, car you're... dealerships. Don't, don't send me hate mail. Sorry. So as we know, that you can leverage good credit, but bad credit can be extremely costly. And we know that there's, there's guys out there. I had a friend. His credit was so bad, 
he was driving like a BMW truck and he was almost paying Bentley prices. That's incredible. That's His so funny. That that's, that's so funny that you say that, Arlington, because one of my early credit stories that I tell people all the time is that similar scenario almost happened to me. <clears throat> I was um, looking to lease a car, one of my first cars, and it was a, it was a, it was a Honda. And I went to, you know, dealerships in my local area in Brooklyn, which at that time I was living in Flatbush. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, my credit score is such and such. I have a good credit score. I have a great job. I'm looking right. for a, I'm looking to lease this Honda Accord, and how much is it? And he told me a price. I, I think the price was maybe around six hundred dollars. And I and at that time, you know, I did my six hundred re- a month for a Honda. Yeah, somewhere around there. And this is like 1998 or something like that. And I said, okay, right. no problem. I, you know, I don't like to sign right away. I, I took I gathered the information, then I went to a few more dealerships in in right. my area, and I was getting similar pricing. And then I decided, for some odd reason, don't ask me why, I always say the power of God, I decided to go check out the Honda dealer itself in Manhattan, thinking I was going to get a much higher price point. Because you're in Manhattan. Because I'm in Manhattan, correct. Mm -hmm. So So when I went to that dealership, they told me that I could lease a newer car, sorry, the car I was going to lease in in Flatbush in Brooklyn was an older model. They said I could lease a brand new Accord for $400 a month. And I almost passed right. out. I said, what's the catch? I can't, I can't believe it. They're charging more in Manhattan, less in Manhattan versus Brooklyn. So right. I was still in shock. I decided on my way home to go back to the, same, the original dealership I went to and ask them, why are you going to charge me $600 for an older car here when I can go to Manhattan and get a brand new car for less amount of money? And right. he said to me, what was your credit score? And I said to him, well, it's in the high sevens, close to eight. He said, this place is not for you. Right. He said, what? He said, this place is not for you. We're looking for right. people with bad credit. So once again, right. that was a, one of my initial eye-openers. It was like, okay, wow. there's people out there that are driving older cars and buying these cars, and they're paying much more than people driving newer cars because they simply have – they're paying a premium, people. You're paying a premium. And in that case, I would have been paying a $200 premium because my credit is bad. So is it that really is worth it not paying your bills on time? Is it really worth messing up your credit? And don't think you can avoid these things because they're coming at you in so many different ways. You just don't see them coming because of your bad credit. Well, that's the thing I think is really important, and I hope we get it across to our listeners today. Bad credit cost. And if if you feel, you know, sometimes you feel like you're in the struggle of life just trying to pay your bills and get, you know, keep moving forward. When you're making these when you're making bad choices or you're not able to keep up with the credit or you've spent money that you actually don't have, it puts you further behind the eight ball. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. And, and, you know, when I'm looking at my friend and he's, you're driving a a car that should be, have a $200 a month payment, but you're paying 600 and you're at the stoplight beside a guy in a Mercedes Benz and he's paying less than what you're paying. That's that's crazy. That doesn't help you. But if you're just paying your bills on time and you're leveraging your credit, that good credit, that makes your life easier. Because the, the other thing as well is like, you know, when you have a credit card and you miss a payment because you decided you weren't going to pay it on on the due date, which was a Saturday, you're going to pay it on the Monday, which now makes you 48 hours late and your credit card interest rate jumps from 8% to 24% and you owe $5,000 in credit, that puts you way behind the eight ball because these credit card companies, like Sean said, they're loan sharks. So they're going to hold you at 24% interest rate for the next year or two. 
All right, everybody, it's time to jump into the bottom line. And the bottom line for me is this. Use your credit. Don't let it use you. Before you can use it, though, you got to get it. And once you get it, you have to maintain it. Credit is not an unending supply of free cash. It's something you use to your advantage. Sean? My takeaway is roof, light, water, and a bag of chips. Those are all your wants, okay? The rest are all needs. Separate them. Separate them. Separate them. Separate them. Be disciplined. Be control of your destiny. And get your hustle on. Sean is right. I don't know about the bag of chips, but hey, hopefully we've shed some light on the credit scenario for you. This is probably a topic we'll be picking up later on in the season. So stay with us. And uh, next week's show, we will be jumping into blinging till you're broke. And bling, if you want to know what that means, if you want to know what that means, you're just going to have to tune in. So I'm Arlington and I'm out of here. I'm Sean and I'll see you all next week in podcast land, baby. The Two Black Guys with Good Credit podcast is produced by Matt Smith and Arlington Forbes. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.